Welcome to Building Better Businesses, Stories of Decisive Action, a podcast dedicated to helping inspire and support businesses starting out on their sustainability journeys by learning from others who are already working towards becoming better. We're delighted to be joined by Joe, Executive Director of Maytex International Limited. They are one of the signatories of the Global Compact and also a former winner of Singapore uh, Corporate Sustainability Awards in 2019. Uh, Joe, uh, we're really delighted to have you here today. Um, would you be able to share with us a little bit about Maytex and how did the business come to be? Thank you very much, Esther. Thank you, Susie and Kim, for having me on the show. Uh, and I start with a statement that I don't have much time left on Earth. And actually, that, that's a very important statement because we are mindful of our, the amount of time and resources we have left in us to leave a better generation for our world. And that's really what uh, Matex or Martex was started as, in our DNA to be sustainable. As a company, we started in 1989 to be a global leader and manufacturer of clean color solution technologies for the globe uh, in the textile, in the leather, paper, and the polymer space. Uh, my father founded this company uh, 32 years ago as our journey started. And it was there that we realized that there was a big uh, gap, uh, even though we were solving a lot of problems um, by having a better dyeing solution, better colors, uh, as compared to when we had um, natural dyes from plants and, and uh, from the earth. Uh, we were now able to synthesize better dyes, but there still uh, was a big problem with the amount of resources that was at hand that's used to color the textiles that uh, the population on Earth continues to grow uh, from 8 billion today, uh, probably grow to 10 billion or 12 billion by 2050. So all these are pressing issues. And basically, Martex was founded humbly as a specialty chemical company uh, to look into providing creative solutions in this clean color science space. When we think about sustainability, can you tell us a little bit more what sustainability looks like in the context of Matex Drow? So how is it embedded into the business? Well, for us, uh, sustainability started uh, right from the on-go. Uh, we had to think big uh, because at that point in time, uh, we knew what the pain points were in the industry. We know that... Um, by the World Bank's report, 20% of global water pollution is a result of the water from textiles uh, processing. And we do know that it's the second largest polluter uh, behind all the oil and gas industry. So these are the broad uh, facts that are there in the industry and that continue to be a, a lot of carbon footprint measures that has to be taken to reduce the footprint of textiles and processing um, so broadly, I think the UNSDG has done a very good job in uh, identifying key goals. Uh, uh, actually been able to use them and identify three pillars, uh, mainly uh, goal number six, which is uh, into clean water and sanitation. Uh, goal number 11 for sustainable cities and communities. Uh, goal number 12, which is for responsible production and consumption. Uh, basically, these three goals res resonates very well with what we are trying to do and what we're trying to uh, bring to the market as well as our partners and stakeholders in the industry. One, to uh, make sure that we have enough water, which is a very scarce resource in the planet. Uh, secondly, we have our cities and communities built solidly and fundamentally sound 
so that they are able to continue uh, making clothes for us in, in the future generation to come as we have more, more people on this planet. Of course, we need to be uh, the three R's, recycle, reuse and reduce to be responsible in how we produce and uh, how we consume as well. So I believe these three pillars help us to strategize our business. And so which with our research investment uh, and development investment and our product developments, we have uh, earmarked these three as pillars so that we can uh, continue to put in the necessary resources and to partner with the right key partners to solve the challenges in the fashion industry and beyond as well. Thanks very much, Joe. There's been a lot of conversations and advancement looking at sustainable textile. Uh, Sol is the most commonly used chemical in textile dyeing, and this leads to uh, you know chemical and, and wastewater discharge, resulting in significant environmental pollution as well as high levels of energy and water usage, as you mentioned. Uh, we've been caring a lot about Mega Mega Pro Eco. Uh, can you please share a bit more about this product, please? We have always been trying to push the agenda of sustainability or to actually incorporate it into our solutions. Uh, but it's, it's also a factor of uh, uh, the regulations, the technologies that use in complementary with our technologies. At the same time, uh, the demand from the market and the recognition from the consumer because all these factors uh play to each other to make sure that we can all work together to deliver a better solution. And at Smartex, uh, we made our name through the uh, product uh, range called Reactive Dyes. Uh, please indulge me with some of the terms that I, uh, I'm going to share with you. Reactive Dyes are dyes that are used on the cellulosic fi uh, fibers. Uh, in terms of fibers, you can split it into natural and synthetic and for Natural, you tend to have your cellulosic, which, which makes up about um, 35 to 40% of the world's uh, fiber consumption or fiber production. Uh, and in that, you also have your rayons, your viscose, which are man-made. Man on the synthesis side, uh, on the, on the um, non-natural side, we have polyester and nylon. So the sort that's, uh, that is used uh, very much in the reactive dye space has also been a solution on its own in the past because it helps to push the amount of dye effectively into the fabric and the fiber itself so that it can penetrate better and it also can uh, react faster and allow the reaction to be more complete. But then the salt itself um, basically has to be retaken out and has to be disposed, evaporated, and this causes a lot of uh, strain on the energy, the water, and also, it's a salt, as we know, is very abrasive to the machines and the mechanical uh, materials. And it's also very heavy because a large amount of salt is, in the past, carried by sacks. And if you can imagine the amount of textiles we are dying today uh, and multiply with the amount of salt that we had to use, uh, this is a tremendous figure. Uh, and of course, all this salt goes into the water and gets concentrated. And this causes a big strain on the 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 living organisms and the, the environment. And in the past where there was low le legislation on how you dispose of your waste, a lot of this goes into waterways, streams, rivers, and even to the sea uh, illegally. Of course, today, uh, fast forward, um, all these regulations have caught up. Uh, countries are playing a very strong and bigger role as they are coming in on the decisive action to make sure that they conform or they close down uh, the mills. And 
So too, uh, we are playing our part to improve the technologies that are involved here so that the, the holy grail for us is to totally eliminate salt and in fact even to eliminate water if possible to do uh, processing and colouring of uh, the materials which we still need because if you imagine if we wake up tomorrow and it's just a white world, a grey world without colours it would be a terrible world <laughs> to live in. Um, we can't avoid the use of salt and cellulosic is comfortable. Nobody is not going to go away anytime soon unless we invent some super material. Um, so it, it is also growing in terms of its usage because of the need between the balance polyester, cotton and, and, and cotton blends for that matter. Um, so we still have to work with uh, cotton and so we have to find solutions to overcome it. So Mega Pro ECO is just one of our solutions. Uh, but it's been an iteration that has gone through many years of, of uh, deep R&D to find uh, ways to improve our dyes, to find chemicals that are suitable to improve the process uh, so that we can target water, chemicals, uh, and time energy reduction significantly and still increase the output safety, safety and flexibility for our customers at the bottom line to comply at the same time to have um, good financial cost economical sense as well. So if we can remove the salt from the dyeing process with the Megapro ECO process, we feel we have at least done a part for the environment and our, our future generation to even start with. That sounds great, Joe. And are you able to share any statistics around the environmental impact of Megapro ECO? Because ECO was launched in Barcelona in 2019 on the Planet Textiles Forum. Uh, to date, we have uh, worked with 60 over males globally uh, and we have test bait and we have been able to achieve uh, up to 50% in terms of savings, in terms of water, energy, time. Uh, and of course, with the salt taken out of the equation, the um, uh, male or the consumer is able, or the brand is able to claim a better product, a better quality, at the same time making sustainable goals. Uh, but also, uh, he's able to close, he or she is able to close the gap uh, in production site because um, you're able to recycle better the water and the resources that you throw in to process the textiles and up to 75% of water can be recycled because salt is totally taken out. Salt actually forms 50 to 60% of the pollutants in the wastewater stream uh, for cellulosic or cotton dyeing. So this, these are some of our figures and we're still gathering data uh, from various plants and uh, various mills across the world. Fortunately, the COVID has slowed down things, but uh, once things are getting better, we hope to hasten this process as we feel that we are not, we, 2030 is, is very fast upon us and we just crossed 2021. So it's just nine more years and the clock is counting uh, down. So we do need to work together and faster. Thank you, Dro. Um, you know, you, you outlined the process of developing this solution that, you know, it's been a journey, that it's an iterative process. So along the way, um, can you share with us some, what are some of the challenges that you faced to developing the solution? And perhaps also share a bit more of what the challenge you foresee you will you will be facing as you take this into the next phase. I think with any product or any solutions uh, that we want to develop, not just ECO for example, uh, we need to know what the market requires. We need to see uh, if this really 
it was a pain point at industry. And if we have done our surveys properly and well, uh, we would be able to identify these gaps in the market and find solutions uh, accordingly for it. I think uh, in the initial point, uh, we knew that this was a problem, but we also know that uh, there are many other alternatives. Uh, and even the fact that the sort price is very cheap also uh, poses a big problem to overcome this. But as you go along the way, you you can think of giving up also because it took me to us 30 over years to actually come to this point. Uh, and along the way, many people have said uh, it's too expensive, processes, all that. And of course, the team does get demotivated de from time to time, but you have to, uh, knowing that it's the right thing to do, you have to, to do it right. Um, so we continue to persist on, I think, uh, being a cheerleader to the team is a very important factor. Uh, and that's one of the biggest challenge uh, to, to pull through something something or technology which is not right at a point in time or so. I think also um, the regulations in the past was not as strict. I did mention this also earlier. Um, and since 2015 and onwards, we have seen uh, the need, especially China taking the lead uh, to cut down extensively on carbon footprint. We have seen G7 fashion pack coming together to say, hey, we should stop global warming and restore biodiversity and protect oceans. We have also seen the UN fashion industry coming up with its own charter for climate change and action. And also a very important body is the ZDHC and the blue sign, which is to eliminate hazardous chemicals in the supply chain. I think all these factors have helped overcome some of the challenges that we face. Uh, and, and this helps also the team to focus on uh, how to improve uh, technology also because it's still work in progress. It, it's never ending, uh, but at least we are getting uh, attention. We're getting uh, a gateway and get, uh, moving hopefully in the right direction in this, uh, in this, in this challenge of us. And developing new products and solutions is never cheap. You know, you mentioned about um, the cost of R&D, the time that it takes to take something from concept to actual fruition. Are you seeing the um, economic benefits to the business from uh, Megapro ECO and also maybe some of the other products that you have that are heading in the more sustainable direction? Any product put on the market uh, needs a gestation period and it takes time to, to see uh, our returns on the investment costs and all that. But we but apart from that, I mean, uh, the products that we sell are profitable in that sense uh, from the Mega Pro ECO point, uh, but we have to balance it in such a way that the adoption can be wider as well so that we can get more people uh, getting uh, on board. So on the one hand, we are mindful uh, that we are business, but on the other hand, we also want to be a sustainable business so that we can uh, get more people on board as well. So uh, in, this, in this aspect, um, we hope that, of course, with this as a as one of the product that we have launched over the many years, we continue to bring new solutions to the table. That the customer is able to see us as a one-stop solution strategic partner, whether it's at the dying value chain or the finishing value chain, where we are also uh, advocating our partners like HiQ and the antiviral uh, HiQ viral block space, where we are creating textiles that are antivirus, antimicrobial, antibacterial, along with Pro ECO, which is the color uh, towards a more sustainable coloring. So it's a it's a combination of these factors 
and a package together that we offer to the customer and for the customer to then see value in uh, strategizing how they market and brand it to the consumers like you and I. And like I shared earlier, the, the survey shows that uh, we're willing to pay better, we're willing to buy better, and hopefully this, this translate and transform into a win-win-win situation for everyone. For us to meet the 2030 uh, agenda, um, it really requires all parties, all individuals, nations, organizations to come together to solve the problem. And you talked about earlier the uh, various regulations, pressure points that has helped uh, drive um, the uh, movement in sustainable uh, textile. In your opinion, uh, what has been the biggest force driver of your company's success? The biggest driving force, I think, is internally and externally. Uh, externally, I would still say is the government regulations because this plays a very big part uh, in in regulating what the country needs to be doing rightly. And so, without this uh, legislation or regulations, is is we can continue to push to the mills, we can continue to push to the consumers, but uh, the government sector. Uh, bodies like GCNS are important to lobby for this uh, and to share um, this uh, across a wide space. And I think this podcast helps as well very much in doing so, so that more people can be aware of the situation and what it is. Um, so I believe to get to the 2030, this is one aspect of uh, from the external side. From our internal side, I believe it's our gung-ho continue to get to uh, uh, philosophy that um, my dad always says we have we make a living by what we get and we make a life by what we give so this is important that we continue to give uh, first and of course what we comes back in return is what we can then return to society as well so I think with this mindset then we can continue to be sustainable and happy at the end of the day Thanks, Joe. That's a great uh, philosophy to live by, isn't it? I'd like to ask you, you know, lots of SMEs are trying to become better businesses. They're trying to become more sustainable. What would be the three tips that you would share um, with other businesses when it comes to uh, becoming better? I think it's important to think big, whether um, you are SME, whether you are an individual, an enterprise, or even uh, as, a, as a MNC, but to have a big vision, a big goal. Uh, never mind, it doesn't, you, can, you can't achieve it from day one, but at least the solution is wide encompassing and you can, and you can feel that it, it, there is a mission for your team, for yourself to continue to, to pull this through. Of course, thinking big is one thing, but you have to start somewhere, start making that change. So action is power. Is, 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 I'm, I'm reminded myself every day from uh, which I place it behind me uh, in my office. So we start small, we make uh, uh, incremental changes or changes that can make good impact or, or, or impact. Somehow it has to move somewhere and start somewhere. And of course, along the way, don't be afraid to, to change because change is ever omnipresent. That's the only theory that doesn't change. So we continue to be in this flux. So by thinking big, realigning and starting small uh, and not being fearing of the change uh, it pulls us in our business. I hope it does in, in yours. And also, hopefully through this COVID pandemic, we also are changing to the variants that are changing uh, to us as well. 
That's great. Thank you so much, Dro. Um, and yes, if, if this last couple of years have taught us nothing else, is that change is forever. So you've got to keep nimble. You've got to keep moving. Thank you so much, uh, Dro Tan from Matex, for your time today.